When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Ramon Foster Show. And as I told you before, we'll have guests in and out of this. And it's very fitting. We go from Kevin Colbert, who found talent like our guest here, to John Malecki, a Pittsburgh native, University of Pitt alum, and also a Pittsburgh Steeler. Once a Steeler, always a Steeler. But uh, welcome into the show, man. Leck, how's everything going? I'm doing great, Ramon. I uh, appreciate you having me. love hearing you uh, going down the rabbit hole of getting on YouTube, getting into creating content. Uh, I know you've been following me doing it for uh, almost 10 years since I got done playing. We got done yeah. playing together. Uh, I appreciate you having me. Man, no doubt. And I was giving you a little backstory on how we were having this conversation because we were talking about guys transitioning, how hard it is for guys to kind of get to that point of what's next. Uh, Right now, training camp is going on and you've been in numerous training camps as far as, you know, just participating in them. And right now, uh, I brought up to them, there'll be a lot of guys, man, like this will be their last shot at, at like football. Today, actually, there are five cuts. Those five guys probably won't play football again. And if they do, they'll bounce around. And I just was was bragging on you about how you transition, like how you got to the point of where, all right, I know I got to have something different after football. Like I'm not the the top one percent of one percent to where I can just sit back and kick back. And that's not your mentality anyway, because you're a Pittsburgher through and through. Um, but that's how we got to this point. And we'll get more into that, man. Leck. And yes, I call you man. Leck, man. This yeah. <laughs> is our, our conversation. You see, there's always a locker room talk like you don't really go by your name. You go by yeah, nickname go. or last name. Yes. Uh, but your, your journey, Maleki, University of Pitt, man. Um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't follow Pitt as, 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 as much as people up north did because I was in the South, in the SEC. What was that decision like for you? to go to Pitt, and what was it like for you to be a hometown hometown guy playing for the team that was in your city? Yeah, I mean, it was a uh, – one, it was a truly humble uh, blessing to have the opportunity. You know, I, I was a uh, – I came from a, a high school that I think put like two or three kids in Division One colleges pretty much ever. Um, and when we were young, it was Division One. Uh, it wasn't um, FBS, SCS. FBS, FCS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it was the going D one was like the dream growing up, right? And there was uh, one kid he, he went to Penn State, uh, and then another kid that went to Notre Dame within like a decade before I got to high school. So dreams of Division one were like every every young kid. Um, <clears throat> Pitt football at the time, uh, Walt Harris was the head coach when I was in high school, uh, mm-hmm. and they were they made a run to the Fiesta Bowl 
Um, but I grew up watching, you know, Larry Fitzgerald and Rod Rutherford and uh, uh, Antonio Bryant. And yeah. Pitt was pumping out players and they, they were really hot in college and then got to the league and were high performance, uh, high performers as well. So I grew up watching them. My dad grew up in Oakland and Plumborough, which is like right around Pittsburgh. Uh, for all the Pittsburgh listeners, you'll know that. And uh, he was a Pitt guy, right? My high school, though, was just Penn Staters through and through. So uh, I'm, I'm from I'm from Eastern PA. I'm from Murraysville. A lot of Penn Staters. If you just take 22 straight to – it takes you straight to Penn State basically. Yeah. Um, that's where I grew up. So an opportunity to play at either one of those schools was always a dream. Um, Pitt, came, uh, Pitt came actually to – to Franklin and, and had a great relationship with my head coach in high school. He called him and was like, you know, Bob Junko is uh, the recruiting coordinator at the time. He's like, Junk, I got a guy. You're going to want to offer him. He's like, Junk was like, put him on the phone right now. And, I, <laughs> and I, we're in the weight room. I distinctly remember this. I was just after my junior year or my, yeah, my junior year. Uh, and he, he's like, you want to, you want to play for the Pitt Panthers? Come down to a basketball game. And at the time, Pitt yeah. basketball was at its like most elite that they well, had. Was it the been. zoo? It was the zoo. Yeah. Uh, it was like uh, Troutman. Uh, you had uh, – they were making deep runs. I think they made the Sweet 16. They were uh, they were ranked top 10. Like they were playing great basketball and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And so my old man uh, loves hoops. And, and, and Ramon, you've met my dad. He's, he's a character. <laughs> he was all about it. So we got to go down and go through that recruiting experience. They brought me in for a blue chip recruiting day uh, the following week after I got that phone call. So that's where like timing ends up. If you follow high school, I go in, they finish their like whole blue chip spiel with all the kids in the room. He asks if anyone has any questions. My dad raises his hand and he's like, so you're going to offer my son today or what? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, coach Wonstadt had just come to pit. Uh, and so he was like, oh, yeah, but hold on, Mr. Malecki, blah, blah, blah. And then they brought me in after the, the blue chip day was wrapped. Uh, gave me a verbal offer. I got the, piece of paper that following yeah. week. And then I canceled a visit to Penn state and committed like then. Uh, so <clears throat> for me, it was like that culmination and, and, and remote, you might've had the same kind of feeling, but when I was in high school, I kind of had that like imposter syndrome thought to me. Yeah. I was like, man, they might be making a mistake. I got to hop on this now. Yeah. And then, cause I got, I committed before my senior year, before we even got into like summer or anything like it was, it was maybe March or so. So yeah. it was, a lot of offers start coming in in that in the spring, and I hit that early. So uh, I thought that like there might be something going on here, and then I start yeah. getting you know mountains of letters coming in from other schools and stuff. And I had a great senior year and everything, but I was super super excited to be committed to Pitt and then go through a senior year. We won a state championship, and I you know yeah. was first team all conference and all state and all that fun stuff, and got nationally ranked and blah blah blah. And it was great. We got into an awesome recruiting class. Um, mm-hmm. I think we were. We were pretty highly ranked in the nation. I think it was, it was a class 2006. Uh, okay. You guys are probably familiar. Doran Dickerson was the number one athlete in the country. Yeah. Uh, Nate Byam, he was the number one tight end in the country. We brought both them in. Next year, LaShawn McCoy came in, and we had a great run at Pitt there too. Uh, and once that was bringing some really high, highly touted recruits, um, it was a fun time to be a Pitt Panther. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so hometown, you know, it, was, it just made a lot of sense. My mom cried. I actually took a visit to Tennessee. Uh, for the a, a junior recruiting a blue chip day before that pit day, yeah. Um, and my mom bawled her eyes out. She's like, "How are you going to go so far away?" And, and, and you've met Mama Malek. <laughs> yeah, I just could, I couldn't break her heart. And yeah. so uh, pit 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 made sense. I don't actually know if an offer ever came in from Tennessee, to be honest. But 
That would have been funny. You and I playing on the same team. That would have been. Well, we actually ended up becoming teammates anyway, which is so cool how football works, man. Like you said, the 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 idea, the fear of missing out a little bit when you get those offers and they ask you, what do you want to do? I did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I was supposed to, the, the weekend I committed to Tennessee was the same weekend I was supposed to take a, an official visit to uh, Michigan State. They had this huge snowstorm, man. And I went to Tennessee. <laughs> and of course, me being from the South, I was like, no. Not finna go up there. They canceled flights, and I went to Tennessee that exact weekend, and I committed then, and I was locked and loaded. Um, and, and that's, you know, like you said, the journey. And, and what specifically we will talk about a little bit more, man, like is the idea that that, that 1% of athletes that do make it. Like, and yeah. we're, we're proud of being undrafted too. The undrafted call, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it's, it, that's the journey that a lot more guys will take as far as the long path then it's absolutely, you know, just being the guy that's a day one starter. Like, that wasn't our journey, and I think that's a really cool aspect we'll get into in this next section. So coming up in the next segment, me and Maleki continue our conversation on his journey, being from Pittsburgh, and what else has kind of come out of um, his life with, you know, him being a business owner, father, husband, all those types of things. So stay tuned. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. We're joined by one of my friends, one of my teammates, John Malecki. And uh, Malek, we spoke about your journey to Pitt and what it meant to you to commit there and play there, man. Uh, when you got to, to that point of knowing, look, I can play because everybody has that aha moment. Yep. You're, you're the man your senior year, as you said. Go to college, bottom of the barrel again. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You, you build yourself up, man, and you get to the point to where you start starting. And not just starting, you have that light at the end of the tunnel that said, I can play in this league. And speak about that journey from playing to being undrafted and how you got to Pittsburgh, too. Yeah, I mean, my college journey was uh, a little bit unique. I started out, I went to Pitt because I wanted to play defense, right? So Yeah, that's right. I, I committed to Pitt, uh, and, and I was playing D-tackle my first two years at Pitt. I lettered my freshman year and then I was a co-starter my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got a ton of reps and and I was loving it. it brought Let me see this. That's something y'all do a lot of, too, because James <laughs> Conner was a defensive end at Pitt yeah. before he actually stand, started playing running back. That's OK. That's yes. good. Y'all developed. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. And and, and uh, with with Pitt having, you know, no proximity to southern schools physically, they yeah. bring in a lot of talent from smaller schools in, in Florida um, and, and in the southern states and then convert them to 
you know, different positions that they potentially didn't play in high school, mm-hmm. uh, which, which was really cool. And, and we could dive into that maybe a little bit too. But I played defense and then we got a new offensive line coach going into my junior year. I thought I was getting in trouble. Coach Wansat left his, uh, his, <laughs> his business card on the door of my apartment. Uh, and so guilty conscious me goes into his office. He's like, call me, John. And, and I go in there and he's like, clean your apartment. And then he was like, do you want to play? Do you want to play guard? And I was like, oh, yes, coach, because how you are, it's like you're a young dude in college or stuff everywhere, right? Probably had a couple of things that shouldn't have been laying around, laying around. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, he he asked me if I wanted to play guard. He said, the starting spot's yours to lose. Um, and I was like, whoa. So uh, I just jumped right into it. And I <clears throat> I realized how much defense, and, and you'll know this, Ramon, is mm-hmm. a, a lot more uh, ability to harness raw talent yeah. in game and offense is a lot more uh, mentally preparing to then use your talent to achieve whatever you're trying to do. Smartest guys on the field, easily. Uh, easily. So <laughs> um, you go from this, like, being able to, to compensate for not having as much understanding of what's happening by yeah. being uh, talented to then having to know everything that's going on before the play even starts mm-hmm. and then using your talent to, to make sure you can accomplish what you're doing. That was awesome for me, that transition from defense to offense. So I got into that role and then almost immediately during camp, it clicked because mm-hmm. I had a lot of skills that I've been working on for years from playing defensive line. And I understood like hand placement. And I understood what a lot I was anticipating a lot of things that were going on. And Ramon, you could probably remember, like I was a I was a better pass blocker than I was a run blocker because I was yeah. a smaller dude. And that for me, I think, came from having experience playing defensive line in college. Russian. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that kind of clicked for me and, and pass blocking became something I, I, I adapted to quite quickly. Um, and I was playing guard at the time. So junior, senior year, I played guard. Senior year, I was first team all conference. We went. Uh, we lost by a point in the Big East Championship, unfortunately. Uh, and we ended up going to the uh, Meineke Car Care Bowl. And we went back-to-back bowls. It was Pitt's yeah. first 10-win season in 30 years. And it was the last one since last season for them. Uh, <laughs> it was my senior year. So we get in – We the season wraps. I have a couple agents that we're talking to. I ended mm-hmm. up choosing one. And uh, I knew the NFL was going to be a long shot because I am the size of a center. Right. But I yeah. didn't have that experience playing center in college. And when you're only, you know, six, two, six, three, uh, 290 pound yeah. uh, offensive lineman, you know, in the league, that's not big. You got to be unique. You got to be unique. And so I was fortunate that I was I was quick and I understood the gameplay really well. I tell stories to this day about all of us sitting there in our meetings on Thursday and who was taking the test for everyone. No games <laughs> would be set. But, but uh, you know, like I, I, but I learned like you, like you did with your skill set too, Ramon, you learn to use what you're good at to your advantage and then work on the things you're not great at. And that's um, when I got to the league, I had to learn to snap. I had to learn to play with my hand between my legs, had to learn to play both guards, had to learn to short snap, had to learn to long snap, become yep. as valuable as you possibly can. Um, just a fight to try to make a roster. So I was fortunate to get signed on, on draft day by the Titans um, and brought down to rookie mini camp and and go through the summer and then boom released, you know, two days before the first game. Uh, And then that's when I started to like go in the spiral of being an undrafted free agent. Mm -hmm. Um, But up until that point, you know, what you said, you think you're the guy because in college, you know, your first team all conference. I was a captain. Uh, we we were winning all these games, right? I didn't give up a sack in two years. Like wow. none of that. Like I was I was playing really well, and I was like, I know I can play at the next level. I just need a shot. And then you get on these 
you know, you get, I, I, I played for five different teams, including the Steelers, but you get on yeah. rosters and like every team I played on, I'm walking in with guys like yourself and Pouncey and I'm trying to compete for spots against you guys. And it's like, bro, like, like <laughs> Mark, I hope everyone that's listening to this show and that you, and like, I know you can attest like Marquise was on a different planet. Of yeah, man. Yeah. Natural God gifted talent. Like he was yeah. on a different planet. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, and, and he showed it every single day. And, and that's the thing that, you know, like, I'm, I'm glad that you're on with us to kind of like just break that down because we're really getting into the nuts and bolts of like what the business is on the other side. Like they've heard yeah. me play 11 years, but like to hear your journey, like and, and, and no slight, but like your journey is very successful. You have. Yeah, you have. You've played. You have games under your belt. You've been around guys and been on respected teams. But it's oh, yeah. more like you than it actually is, you know, like a Marquise or like a Marcus Gilbert or like a Willie Cologne to where they walk in. and You're like, yeah, that's yeah. a dude like yeah. that. That journey to actually fight is oh, yeah. a whole lot of a stress, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, grunting and, and making sure that everything you did was above board. There was no slippage. Yeah. yeah. And you can't. And like. You realize very quickly the difference between good and great is intangible things that you can't create out of things. Like you, hard work isn't going to get you there. No. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. you get you get out there, uh, Pounce is running a four eight five. He's six foot five and two hundred ninety pounds. And you're like, dude, I just God didn't bless me with that ability. So I got to yeah. be good at something else. You know what I'm saying? That's what that's what I try to tell people. Like when they ask me, what was you know what's special about Troy? You've seen Troy practice. Troy practices like a barrel, like a barely walk with a hoodie Dude. on. Dude. But on game day, man, like what was he? He 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 was like it was floating above the turf. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it, I mean, literally, like he was he was a being in it within his own. Uh, and I was actually just telling a story about him switching between right and left hand uh, at, the, at at during training camp, uh, hitting in the home run derby. But like, dude, he. He floated on the field yeah. and it was impressive. I, I was saying the same thing about AB to somebody like two yep. days ago. They were asking me, like the dude just had intangible talent, still does, uh, that you just can't replicate. Like, And there's dudes like that. And so as un, as undrafted free agents, like yeah. we were to bring this back home, you know, we're getting on teams. And, and I think a lot of uh, young players in the league don't realize how important it is to get on with a coach and get bought in quick. Yep. Right. And I was so lucky that – so just for a preface for anyone that doesn't know because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming most of you don't. But <laughs> the Titans picked me up. They released me before uh, the first game. I got picked up two days later by Cleveland. I finished my rookie training camp with Cleveland. They released me, right? I go home. Three weeks later, I go to a tryout in Tampa Bay. Uh, they signed me uh, two weeks after that. I'm there for four weeks. They cut me. I'm back to Cleveland. They cut me. I'm back to Tampa. They cut me. I go home. I come back to Tampa, sign a future contract, show up day one in the next year. It's the lockout. And they cut me on that day. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they even had me bother flying to Florida. So that was like five <laughs> cuts, six cuts, one season, right? I'm ping-ponging around all over the country. I'm playing, trying to just make a team. Um, and every, every like you said, every reason I was cut was nothing to do with my skill set. It was literally like we had a D-tackle go down and we need the roster spot. We had a tackle go down and you play guard. Like, uh, you know, and that's kind of the name of the game. So I was fortunate uh, I don't remember his name, but that dude, after you guys went to the Super Bowl, walked off the field of practice. Uh, 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 Dorian. Dorian. Dorian we'll, yeah. we'll just leave it that. Dorian, Dorian. But Coogs was like, yeah, I took his lunchbox and just left. Like, yep. he, uh, because it was a lockout, you guys were stuck without a player. I was 20 minutes away being a Pittsburgher, and my agent was was Debo's agent. So he was on the phone with, with Colbert. He's like, I got a kid 20 minutes away. He can be there now. And so I showed up, and I just – I came out to practice and uh, 
I remember walking into the meeting room on day one. Coogs literally said to me, he goes, <laughs> and you'll probably remember this. He goes, what's the difference between a ton of feathers and a ton of poop? He was a different explicit. And I said, they both weigh a ton. And he was like, you're going to be all right here, son. And like, that was it. And, and more or less, I, uh, we got the, I got the feel of the room real quick. Like you guys were bar none at a different standard than the Tampa Bay at the time, the Cleveland at the time, the, the, the Titans at the time, the other teams I played for. And um, I got in there and I knew if I had a shot to make this team, yeah. it was going to be outworking anybody else that wasn't a starter. You did. And then making sure Cougs knew that I cared more to be as good as I possibly could to be to be on this team. And so I was super lucky that we went through that camp and, and they signed me to practice squad uh, at the end there. And so, yeah. it, I mean, and that's a grind. That was the first, you know, yeah. training camp I went through and stayed with the same team. Yeah, you came in hot. I remember that day. Can you imagine having one of your teammates that you had grinded in the spring, summer, a oh, few yeah. days in camp, and and he quit right before practice. Literally yeah. walks off, and there goes you, right, right place, right timing, and and ready for the opportunity, man. Let, let, let's fast forward a little bit because the the uh, the hey moan segment would be full of man leg just next next transitioning, man. Um, to to play on Hinesville. Yeah. Uh, now Akershore Stadium, okay? Yes. Um, to play there, to put on black and gold, to see your mom, your dad, Mama oh, yeah. Lecky, your dad just be proud, like wearing his overalls in the parking lot where the players park their cars, yeah. you know, having a good time. We won't say what he had while he's having a good time, but you got the full feel of you are part of that Stiller Nation. You were black and gold. And that's one thing I kind of always said a little bit. You know, when Mason kind of took Mason Rudolph took the field the other day, like he got booed. And I'm like, whoa, we don't yeah. know what guys go through to be there. We don't know, like, how special these opportunities are to him. So for you to fast forward to that point, and I played beside you at tackle. And I was like, man, Malecki, watch me and I'll watch you because I shouldn't have been yeah. playing tackle later because we were riddled with injuries and stuff. Uh, but what was that moment, those moments like for you? I mean, it was some of the most surreal, culminating life journey moments of my life yeah um it's up to the time you gotta remember dude like this is it's funny thinking back now like i'm 34 now i think you're a couple years older yeah like, we were like we were like 23 young. 25 like, <laughs> like young and yeah. your your whole life builds up to these to these moments and growing up in pittsburgh you know i watched uh you know all the guys that were out there i watched troy i watched ben i watched Hines, i watched yeah. kiesel i watched aaron smith i watched uh, but all a lot of the team that was still there, those older guys, mm -hmm. the older core, as a kid coming up through yep. high school, and like because they've been on the team forever. I walk in that locker room and I get to the first that first preseason game, yeah. and, I, and I remember like looking at the back of the Malecki jersey, the jersey that had my name on it. It was a black and gold jersey, and I was like sitting in my locker just staring at it. And Gil and Gilbert, you know, he was all Marcus he was, Gilbert. He was, he was, he was, like, what? What's wrong? Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> I was like, not the Marcus. It's just, you know, yeah, this is like, I'm a Pittsburgher. You know, this is something that doesn't happen to a lot of people. So yeah. I got to play at Heinz Field in high school, college, and the NFL. Wow. And Charlie, any, anytime I talk to Chuck, he's always brings that up. He's like, dude, you don't know how cool that is, man. You don't know how, like, small that, that, that family is that did that in high school, college, and the NFL. And so super blessed. I remember getting, um, <clears throat> I remember getting out on the field, uh, and, and, my number getting called in that in the that it was ironically the last game of the last yeah. season I played, um, because we were riddled with injuries, and uh, 
just just being out there, I'm weirdly against the Cleveland Browns, who I'd also played for, um, yeah. and get my hand in the dirt with you guys. And we were just we were just making it happen. What I think was great was and something that the Steelers specifically did and in our room at the time was great at was uh you guys treated me no different than you would have any other starter, right? Like we yep. all looked at each other as equals. And we had, I mean, we had two first rounders and Marquise and David in that room. We yep. had uh, Mike and we had and uh, Gil. Second, uh, second rounders. They, they were, and then there was me, you and Doug, who were all, <laughs> all undrafted free agents, right? Yeah. And so like, but nobody, pay scale didn't matter, right? Nope. None of that stuff that people look at on paper mattered. It was just a bunch of dudes with a common goal out there uh, trying to get it done. And you guys looked at me and knew that I would step into that role and do everything that I could uh, to perform at the highest standard that I could. And it was one of the most uh, surreal moments of my life. I look back at the photos and stuff that I have now from it. And I'm like, man, was that cool? And it, and it doesn't hit you until you start, until you get away from the sport. Like yep. I'm super far away now. I'll be next year. will be 10 years since I played. Right. Like that's nuts. Wow. And, uh, and you, and it flies, right. Yeah. But you get like further you get away from it, the more you realize like how intangible that thought mm-hmm. and those moments are to normal people in the real world. And yeah. they look at my story now as I come up and, you know, I'm making a name for myself, making content and and becoming in uh, who I am in, in my business, which we'll get into. But they still go back to like, you know, what was it? Same question. Like, what was it like, you know, to play on yeah. that? Now uh, I'm a Yinzer, so I'm never going to be able to say AccuSure or AccuSure or whatever. But <laughs> it's a. Uh, what was it like? And and I try to think back on it. I was like, for me, it was just another day at work. But yeah. now that the further I get away from it, you're like, man, was that cool? Like, I wish I, uh, you know, I wish I could have showed my family and stuff then. Like you, you, you had your little, your boys were super young yeah. when you were playing, uh, when I was playing with you and then they got to grow. I mean, you got, a, I think five more years once, once yeah. I was done. But, um, like that, those those moments, it's just amazing. And the further yeah. you get away from it, the more you realize that, like, yeah, that was awesome, and I should be proud of myself, and mm-hmm. and I should feel uh, I should wear a badge of honor there, uh, even though I was never a starter, right? I was never some superstar. Yeah. I was I was grinding it out, trying to make a team. I was super blessed to to be able to play for the Steelers, um, and play with guys like yourself. Uh, and I'm super proud of it to this day. You know, it's not my I don't wear it as like the first thing uh, that I do because I'm doing other things. What is in there? But it's always there, right? I love yeah. talking about it, and a lot. And I was, I was a little salty for a few years there. I will say, when when they when they released me, I think a lot of us were. That was a rough. That was a rough period for you guys uh, yeah. and myself. You know, as a as a lifetime lifelong Steeler, it was like you know we were transitioning uh, offensive line coaches from Cougs mm-hmm. to make. We won't drop any names, and I missed that that year yeah. before Munch came in because Munch was the guy who signed me at the Titans. So yeah. if I would. You know, if it would have went straight to Munch, I'd have probably played another couple of years with you guys because I know he probably liked. would have. And um, but I mean, it's all good. And life has a mysterious reason for for putting you in situations. Uh, and my <clears throat> the way uh, what I was able to learn about myself, right, yeah. and then be able to take that journey and stack it into the next things that I'm doing in life now. Um, if I didn't go through such an abrupt stop and an unexpected, because we all thought I was making the team, like absolutely. Uh, and and uh, when I got released and. You know, it, it set me up to now have a better mindset, I think, and a better appreciation for opportunity and also to understand how limited and time constrained opportunities can be in business as I move forward. Because back to your main point, it's a business at the end of the day. So it, it was it was a wild journey, but it was it was amazing. Like and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, man, we got we got more uh, coming up in the next section. It's the one that everybody stays for, man. Like and it's called Hey Moan and I'll be directing the questions today. So stay tuned.
And welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And it's the only segment that really matters to people, man, like, because we really dive in here in this Hey Moan. And I'm personally asking the questions this uh, today. Uh, but the question is from me. Hey, Moan, of course. Well, hey, man, like is what we'll call it. I love um, it. How did you transition out of the NFL? Because that's something that people always ask the question. You're now a successful business owner. You do podcasts. You have media that you put out there. So much content. And not just that. The, the beginning phases of your woodworking to now you're working with glass and metal and resin and just you're you're sponsored by so many different people. Uh, I checked your YouTube page, which I followed and YouTube. You all need to follow it, too. He'll drop the link in a little bit. Uh, 663,000 followers on there. Like your guy that most people know for this. Yeah. For woodworking. than they do being a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah. So how did you grow that platform to where I always kind of say God's struggling? You admitted in the last segment, like you struggled with kind of letting go of your baby. And that baby was football in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think that happens to all of us. What, what a lot of people don't realize is your maturity level um, in your early 20s. You're not even close to having capacity to understand um, a, a lot of like human emotion and yep. Uh, the evolution of who you are until you're like in your late twenties, uh, what you could what, what your potential is as a as a man for for Mars sake. But mm-hmm. so you're in your early twenties, you're chasing this dream that's that's been the same since you were a kid. Let me say that. <laughs> yeah, so your your understanding of the real world is very limited, right? And and you're on a pedestal in the NFL too, so that you're taken care of, and all your questions there's someone to answer them when. When you're yep. done playing, that goes away. And that's what that's a huge like light switch in your life, right? It goes from being this like bright place full of opportunity to this real dark place with no answers. And um, so for me, I knew right. this was common um, conversation. So my college head coach was an NFL coach, dude. Dave wants that coach in the NFL. So he had experience and always prefaced and let us know that he's like, majority of you will never play a snap in the NFL kind of vibes, right? Wow. He's like... He's like, and you need to realize that your education and your preparation for what you're doing after football are hugely important, if not more important than your preparation Mm -hmm. to play football. So he was real big on um, the school stuff, right? So I graduated with a business degree um, in four years while while playing football um, and was academic all-conference and stuff too. Like I took school seriously, as seriously as I did sports. So I knew whenever it ended, I would have at least something to fall back on. The next thing I also knew was that relationships were going to be huge for me moving forward out of football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know if I was going to play football in the NFL, but so I took advantage of while at Pitt being able to network with with other Pitt grads and, and Pitt people in the local community to make sure that when I was if I was done earlier than anticipated, I could make a couple phone calls, potentially get some job interviews, get my feet wet. Um, mm-hmm. And something that I say to a lot of young players is that. Most people don't realize when you're playing football uh, at Division One level, um, you don't have any time to do anything else. And so you right. go to class and you play football. That's it. Mm-hmm. You don't leave school in the summer. You don't go no on internships. Break, no internships. You get no real world experience, right? So when I graduated college, I was 20. I think I was 20 or just turned 21. And then I go right, boom, right to minicamp. When I got done playing football, I had less job experience than anybody else that was hitting the job market, right? And so I'm 24 years old, 20, whatever. 
I'm trying to compete for jobs with kids that were just graduating college with two years of internships with the same degree I have that's now old because it's 40, I, it hasn't used it yet. Um, and employers don't care that I played for the Steelers, that I was a captain on the football. They don't care. Nope. They want to see experience as it applies mm-hmm. to their business. And uh, for me, I, I had an idea that that was going to happen just because I got cut my rookie year so many times that I was like kind of dabbling and seeing if I could find yeah. a job somewhere else or if I wanted to keep playing football. So when I got done with, when the Steelers let me go for the last time, I knew it was like, okay, I'm either going to be a guy who's going to try to stick around and get picked up in a camp or picked up in a one week of practice squad and bounce around for years and, yeah. and cross my fingers and pray that someone keeps me around. And a lot of guys do that. They'll chase it for, you know, for four, five, six, seven more years and they won't really be on a team for a long time. Mm-hmm. Or I could just hang them up and then start pursuing the next thing in life and let that mental burden and that physical burden go. Um, and that's what I chose to do is I played for the Steelers. It was my lifelong dream. I loved you guys. I loved the coaches I played for. Um, I loved being in Pittsburgh. And when I got done, I realized, <coughs> excuse me, yeah. when I got done, I realized, I don't know if I want to go play for the Eagles or go play for whoever <laughs> else is wants to bring me in. Right. So yeah. <coughs> I told my agent, that's it. And I uh, hung them up. And then I started getting into uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do uh, for the next phase. Uh, We had another teammate uh, who I was close with at the time. And we tried to dabble in a little bit of business together and Mm -hmm. such. Uh, We ended up parting our own ways. And I I realized that um, I was really into uh, the home renovation space because Jim and Joanna Gaines were huge at the time and still are. But – I found like a, this passion for uh, building and building furniture. Um, and so I got mm-hmm. into woodworking and a little bit of metalworking and stuff there. And I started a business um, and started putting it out there on social Instagram, just started becoming popular. And I started using that mm-hmm. to, to gain a following, to sell product and, and to, to get that kind of kickstarted and going. And so I, I took the tools that I kind of learned by playing football. Cause I was always like, a guy they put on interviews, right? I was yeah. a guy who spoke well. I was a guy who cared to present well um, and took those things and just put them on the internet and made that the front of my business um, mm-hmm. and saw that there was an opportunity there to then kind of push that uh, and and see if I can make it into something substantial down the line. So my plan after football was to just not not have a plan. There wasn't like, <laughs> but it wasn't like football is going to take care of me forever. Like I never yeah. had that thought go through my head, and a lot of guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we what we all tend to need to realize is life after football is much longer than life. It's way life. longer. Yeah, it's, it's, so you, it's way longer. Uh, when I first visited, it is, but you got to know that there's going to be something. It has to be. And for the majority of us, there is something like I'm in radio and potting now, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a leap of faith. My uh, my wife pushed me in. She did. She suggested that I do this because, like you said, you knew what you like to do. You had an interest yeah. in those things. You just pursued it. Um, but, but what was that that? Um, I guess concentration to actually get it. Uh, when I first visited your shop, you had already had a building. What was where were we at uh, in the waterfront? Yeah. Uh, side of town of Pittsburgh and Homestead. And you said you started, you know, buying some tools, yeah. you know, with some of your texts that you had gotten from the Steelers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. How, how soon was that and how much did it grow when you started to get more serious about it? Um, I mean, the start, what's weird is the start for me uh, was, you know, not about making money. It was more about trying to seize opportunity. Um, yeah. Obviously the local 
business really liked, excuse me, the local papers and, and outlets really liked seeing former Steelers setting up businesses in, in Pittsburgh, especially mm-hmm. in somewhere like Homestead. So Baron and I got a lot of press from that. Um, mm-hmm. And that allowed us to bring on some clients. We didn't really have a, a business plan. He, he's much more of an artist than me. And I had a much more regimented business mind. And it eventually ended up being why we parted ways. But with that opportunity, we started to see that like working for yourself has um, has no ceiling. Right. And so that put like that chip on my shoulder that's like no one can cut me ever again if I put in the work, right? And so I took some of the mindset things that I knew about football um, which was like, you know, I was always early to be there and leaving late. Uh, I, I was always in the playbook. Like I knew the playbook through and through because I didn't have mm-hmm. those skills we talked about earlier. Yeah. That, those God given skills. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta be good at something here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied that to my craft. I applied that. I still to this day take that kind of approach, you know, and, um, those things carried over. Uh, and then my just, uh, experience, uh, working with others and, being in front of a camera, that limited amount that I was, I started to apply that to creating content. Um, and so I started investing in toolings to build furniture as well as camera and equipment and stuff like that to grow the content side of the business. And uh, that's where I really started to see some waves was when I started to really focus on growing my my, my Instagram and my YouTube channel yeah. and, and started to really push and move the business forward. Um, in the digital sphere, which is, which is the game that we all play now uh, in, in today's day and age, which is hilarious. Cause when we were playing football, you weren't supposed to be on Twitter or on your phone no. or on nothing. Now it's like they have to accept it. And it's a wild world out there. They have to, man. Uh, I, I, I just got to say, you've done a lot of work around the city of Pittsburgh and other cities, too. You've done st- uh, stuff in, in very nice malls like Ross Park. You've done stuff to people's houses. You've been all around doing your thing, man. I just got to say Glad to support you first. Uh, you know, yes. one of the first ones to get stuff from you. I still have your coffee table up front. You did a cutting board for me. You delivered the goods, man. Even though it was a Tennessee cutting board, and y'all hey, beat glad us. To support you. It's still good, okay? Yeah. Uh, but man, like as we wrap this up, man, where can everybody reach you? Social media wise, uh, 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 video media, anywhere. Let us know where all we can reach you. We'll probably put that. We will put that in the description. And of course, some of your works is bar none to anybody else's yeah i mean you if you i appreciate the kind words if, if you want to find me you could just look my name up i'm on all social platforms uh but we primarily focus on creating videos on youtube um and then uh instagram uh they're both under john malecki you could just search that and then um uh, tiktok and and i don't tweet as much uh but mm-hmm. i think what 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 other platforms we got there tiktok facebook linkedin TikTok, facebook, just LinkedIn. throw my name in there uh there's only one of me uh, I, I think I got check marks on everything because there's a lot of weirdly people try to fake who you are. And it's a weird world we live in nowadays. But, yeah, if you want to follow me and you like uh, if you're in a DIY or you like working with your hands to get your hands dirty, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we do and create content around. Um, and you could see a, a, a voluminous amount of it on the Internet. I think it's super important, too, for you. One thing that I caught that you said as we wrap up, you said if you go hard in your business and you are your own captain, basically, then yeah. nobody can cut you again. Nope. I, that right there to me was more telling when people ask that question, what what, what what separates athletes? You know, how do you go be a pro? Like I tell, it's always those little small little nuggets of, well, you yeah. beat me on this one play or you beat me yeah. last year. Or you said this, like we, you find a way to get yourself motivated and to oh, hear yeah. yours as far as your business. Like 
you can't cut me if I run my own show because I know what I have inside. Yeah. And, and you and you have to be diligent. You have to be detail oriented. You have to do all those small things to try to take you to the next level. Um, you have to stay open minded and you have to realize mm-hmm. that um, with your efforts come your results and that nobody's going to do it for you. Uh, you the, the greatest thing about the NFL is that in football specifically is that it's a team sport. Yep. And then the the hardest thing about it is that you're an individual within that team and you have to you have to bring what you can bring to the table in order for the team to perform. Same thing goes when you flip it. Like if I want my business to succeed, I have to bring everything I got and then support my team and my employees and everybody else that's involved in order to help them perform at a high level. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm super fortunate to work for myself um, and to be in a situation that I'm in. Uh, I'm super grateful for the opportunities that I had while playing football. Mm-hmm. And then if anyone listening to this is looking to take is looking to take their uh experience in sports and then move it to after uh keep an open mind and also understand that even though you feel like you know nothing when you get into the real world you have a ton of skills and a ton of uh and a ton of awareness to a world that a lot of people don't and you can apply that uh to take you to the next level beautiful man like man i appreciate your time i know you got a lot going on and this is the episode that i was looking forward to with john malecki on the moment thanks man Lech. Yeah, thank you, Ramon. Appreciate you having me.